Welcome to episode 80. I'm your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspective. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. Welcome to August 20th. 2021. I am actually recording this the night before. I'm trying to catch up on all my podcast episodes to push out so you can have some listening as you walk, work out, um, whatever you're doing. Just, you know, if I'm your, your friend in your car as you're driving to your next appointment or you're on the road heading out east or to Martha's Vineyard, I hope you're listening. It's a quick listen. Today's guest is Caitlin Peterson. She is the editor-in-chief of Business of Home. She is also the author of of The 50 States Project, a weekly series that chronicles the unique challenges of running a design firm through interviews with interior designers state by state. And I was one of them that she interviewed two weeks ago. Go check it out. It was really great. She is easy to like spill all the beans to. And... She is the host of the podcast, Trade Tales. And if you haven't listened, you should definitely just swing in, swoop in on that and listen. It's really great. Um, We talk a lot here. Well, okay, we giggle a lot. And I will apologize. The Wi-Fi apparently sucked for both of us that day (laughs) because it was going in and out. And it, but you'll get the gist of what we're saying. And then it just stops and then it levels off. But, you know. This is real life, people. I will always say that. So we giggle a lot. We talk about how she got started. We talk about journalism school and how she worked at regional magazines. We talk about her moving to New York, um, working six months in the fashion industry, interviewing with uh, Dara Caponegro and working at Veranda, and then how she went from Veranda to BOH. And... um, you know, super interesting tidbit about her is that her mother's a dressmaker. So while she may not have known designers when her and Dara had a conversation, she did get the gist of it, of what design is, because design is, you know, details. And so is dressmaking. So without further ado, please enjoy Caitlin Peterson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Okay. So there are so many questions I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to get in some, get into some girl trouble here. Perfect. Um, so first off, I just want to say I totally love you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is, a, we're, we're getting started on a great foot here. This is amazing. I'm into it. No, thank you. Well, I love you right back. So (laughs) because you're so um, authentically yourself and approachable. And that means a lot in this industry um, with, you know, what we have. So anyway, let's thank you. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we love business. I'm going to keep saying that a lot. Hi, thanks. 
(laughs) (laughs) So how did you, let's, let's start from the beginning. How Mm -hmm. did you get started in this industry before business of home? What was your position and where were you before? Mm -hmm. So I came, my background was much more journalism than design. Um, I went to journalism school and my early jobs were in regional magazines. Um, I went, I worked at a small kind of regional magazine for affluent suburbs north of Chicago. Um, I went to Texas and worked at Texas Monthly. I worked at Chicago Magazine. Um, and all of them were writing about business and politics, but also food and fashion and nightlife. And, you know, it was a really interesting mix of service journalism and kind of hard reporting about real stuff in these cities and towns. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I moved to New York and I thought I was going to switch gears. I worked in fashion for about six months. (laughs) Yeah, for a long time. So when you say six months, I can understand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I walked out of that job. Um, And about six months later, I had the incredible opportunity to interview with Derek Caponegro at Veranda. the fashion job had, I think, left me questioning, you know, am I supposed to be a journalist in New York? Can I cut it in the magazine world? Right. And I met with her um, and we ended up, you know, talking about um, craft and beauty. You know, I think I didn't know much about the design world. And I think she asked me what my favorite designer, who my favorite designer was, and I didn't know. <laughs> um, but my mom was a custom dressmaker. And so I understood sort of the language of veranda because I understood, you know, tailored pieces, things that are custom, fabrics with a beautiful hand. That's what I grew up with. And so that for me was sort of my end to understanding what the design world was all about. Um, and I stayed at veranda and then I was at the Hearst Design Group, which is Veranda House Beautiful and Al Decor at the time. Um, I stayed there for about six years until I joined the Business of Home team. Wow. Wow. That is and it was the best education, right? Like, I mean, the most talented writers looking at beautiful projects. I started, you know, as an assistant to the editor-in-chief. So I was the person who emailed the designer and was like, hey, can you fill out this form with every single paint and fabric and piece of furniture so I can write the captions, which is a great masterclass in who the best of the best are making product. You know, it was a really great foundation for knowing sort of what was happening or at least who the players were in the industry no that that is absolutely amazing it's like yeah that is a master class and you learn quickly and especially when you're hungry mm-hmm. paying attention it doesn't feel like a master class at the time writing captions yeah. is like the least glamorous most like like what am I doing with my life I've spent three years you know writing captions um but man am I grateful now <laughs> Yeah, it is. I think a lot of people think you land into these amazing positions, like just straight out of college. And I don't, a lot of people don't understand, like you have to pay your dues. And Mm -hmm. as you're working these jobs where you're like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I? Yes. Like, when you finally get to where you are, like, you just look back and you're like, oh, it was preparing me. Like, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy because you don't think anything of it. Just like, let's go back to your mom being a dressmaker. That's attention to detail. Totally. Watching, you know, fabric and how it, you know, hangs and how it folds and what fabric folds better than other fabrics. And 
you know, just learning different things about that. And well, even learning client management. I mean, I don't, oh. you know, in the way that designers talk to their clients, I, I think there's so many parallels to, you know, telling someone that all of the, the tear sheets that they pulled out, you know, for their the custom wedding dress, maybe 50% of those aren't right for you. Yes. You know, or for that person, you know, how do you, how do you push someone in the right direction to get them in a better place where they will look better and feel better and, you know, have a, a garment that fits them better, you know, that sort of navigating people's tastes and people's understanding or lack of understanding was also a really big part of this business that I watched my mom run out of our house. Um, and you, I mean, you don't think that's something that's going to serve you in your career later, but it, it absolutely has, you know, that, that understanding of how that works for sure. No, it's, I mean, you really look back, if I feel this way, like if you really look back on every job you have, whether you were answering the phones or you were the assistant to the assistant, you know, <laughs> talk about fashion, mm-hmm. was the assistant to, um, first she was the regional and then she became the president and it was not glamorous at all. I know the Devil Wears Prada makes it look all fun and, you know, oh, you just, you have moments. But no, it is a grueling, thankless job. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like yeah. I, the jobs like that, you're scared all the time. I feel like. <laughs> yes, yes. You're getting lunch, you're getting coffee, you're listening to someone, you're having someone berate you from time to time, you know, because you messed up. And, and for me, like anytime I messed up, you know, I failed, I learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was just a super lesson like even if it was you know it's that's attention to detail just fixing someone's coffee and getting that wrong and that just wrecking their day like you learn where it seems like oh I'm not their servant but honestly when you get into business it's you're in the service business so you Mm -hmm. have attention to everything that works for people and that doesn't work for people totally I was a barista for eight years, you know, in high school and in college. And weirdly, that was a useful skill too. Like all of those jobs really do add up, you know, just in terms of making people feel good about an interaction you've had or helping people figure out what they like. Like there's a, there's a whole host of, I mean, dealing with grumpy people, you know, all of the things that are useful in your life later. Um, And that's the other thing I want to talk about too. Like everybody thinks like it's sunshine and rainbows every day. Let me tell you people, the Mm -hmm and the griminess and the mean people and the grumpy people, they are very valuable to one, teaching you how you don't want to be. Yes. Teaching you how to treat people to get them out of that funk and Mm -hmm. also how you shape yourself, your business, your world. It is super important. You know, I I, um, go to the dog park (laughs) every day because I have three dogs, right? And in the morning, there's this gentleman that I love talking to and he's grumpy and he'll be like, I'll say, oh, how's your morning? He's like, rah, 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 you know, what? <laughs> and then I'll just go to him, but you're above ground. And now when I say it, you know, how's your day? He goes, I'm above ground because he realizes like. You have single-handedly changed his perspective and how he is starting his morning. Yes. And I'm that's like, pretty amazing. I'm like, you're above ground, dude. They're going to be so like, yes, everything seems to be going wrong around you. But look, at least you're alive to see it. Mm-hmm. Does he have a cute dog too? I mean, that's a plus. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, I love his dog, Lexi. She's a a beagle who just, all she does is hunt when she gets there. (laughs) Uh, 
wait for a second. But I, you know, all that you do in your past leads you up to where you are. And mm -hmm. life is nothing but attention to detail, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think that's a perfect takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> this is some, that is a good summary of what I feel like I do every day. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what you do every day, because I'm sure you only get like, what, five e emails a day? <laughs> 500, but... Um... And how do you prioritize and do you have slack or do you why yeah I mean our team switch we got slack probably a year before COVID or at some point before COVID and I hated it you know we all sat together in the same office and I always just thought you know if you need something for me tap me on the shoulder we're literally all sitting at the same table right. um but in you know this work from home landscape um it's been such a blessing, I think, to have, you know, my team, you know, everyone on BOH is in Slack together and then sort of everything else is in my inbox. Mm -hmm. um, and that for me has sort of been the best way to make sure that as much as I can, you know, I'm not leaving my team and the things they need from me, you know, unopened. Everything else, 50-50. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a funny thing about, um, you know, so much of, there's a day-to-day -day piece of being an editor, but there's also a piece of it that takes um, time and takes sort of, you have to sit with things, you have to synthesize things, you have to make connections and realize, you know, oh, that's happened four or five times, or, oh, I see a connection between these ideas that are happening individually maybe this wasn't a story or you know it's one person it's not something that's trending mm -hmm. but maybe three months later I realized that something someone sent me is significant in the context of something else that I've now realized is happening and mm -hmm. being able to put those things together and be like hey sorry I didn't write you back for three months but I think this is really important and we'd like to move forward now is an email I send all the time <laughs> um <laughs> Email culture, I feel like, doesn't give you a lot of space or grace to for that. You know, there's a lot of like, let me bump this up to your top of to the top of your inbox. And it's like, right. I'm thinking about you. I read it. I don't know yet. Um, but I do feel like that's sort of one of the interesting challenges is is finding a way digitally to to make those connections. Um, I I can only imagine um, how much email you get and. and <laughs> Right. And, and, and no, I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's scary. And how you prioritize it. What, tell me about BOH, because mm -hmm. I just, BOH, like this, your team is amazing. Like everyone there, I don't know where Dennis went and found everyone, but <laughs> I want to work at BOH. Well, we have, I mean, I very, I very might be biased, but I think I have the best team in the business. Um, I think our, our team just all of the people are extraordinary and they are all so incredibly passionate and talented at what they do. And they're so thoughtful. And I think everyone's also just really excited by the work that we get to do every day, which is help people build better businesses and give people the information they need to kind of be more equipped to go out into the design industry. Um, and most days that feels pretty great. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> there, there are, there are exceptions to that, I think, but, um, I, I think I'm really excited every day about the opportunity to kind of give people 
the tools they need to make good decisions to position their business smartly. Um, or that's what I hope we're doing. Um, well, and for about- me, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, no, let's talk about that. What are some of the valuable lessons that you think designers need to focus on in their business? We did talk mm-hmm. about Stemper. Mm-hmm. Stemper I mean, people, listen, you better, you better go look her up. It's true. I do think, yeah, you know, uh, I think the the first thing to me is that there's kind of not a hard and fast rule of how you should run your business. And I think there's so much pressure. Um, and there are so many people out there, I think, saying, you know, my way is the right way. This is how you should organize your firm. This is what success looks like. This is what you. Um, and one of the things I want people to know is none of that is true. You should define all of those things for yourself. And as long as it's profitable and you feel good about it, that's pretty great. Um, but I think, I think it's sort of that it's unpacking. Okay. Like, what do you like? What are you good at? Where do you need help? I think procurement is a really great place, you know, where designers should be looking for help early on. Um, also I think you and I've talked about this, you know, like hiring a bookkeeper, if you, if you didn't pivot into design from accounting or business, there's no shame in hiring a bookkeeper. And Everyone who's done it will tell you that it pays for itself. Um, yes. So I think I think yes. that's an early lesson. I think so many people, especially when they are new to this, you know, new to running their own business, get caught up in the idea that maybe the work isn't quite there to support a full-time staff member or to support what they, you know, to support hiring a contractor. And I mm-hmm. think when you hire the contractor and you free yourself up to not agonize over your bookkeeping, to not agonize over placing every single order and tracking every single order. Mm. You can do more work, bring in more money, pay for those contractors. And Mm -hmm. that's one definition of success. Um, I think that that sort of getting over that hurdle is a really big thing that we, we think about and talk about a lot. Um, You know, I think right now, so many people are looking at growth and looking at the inquiries that are coming in and trying to figure out if they should hire 12 people to say yes to all the work or if, if there's a real value in staying small. And I think, I don't know, both sides of that equation are really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that conversation has been something that I've been really, really, um, I don't know, they're just interested in, I guess, or um, excited to explore in the last couple of months is something that's kind of top of mind, I think, for a lot of well, it's funny, you and I had that discussion mm-hmm. and I, I vacillate with going big and, you know, growing it and then being still hands-on. And I, I really like being hands-on. I also don't want 20 projects going at one time. That, <laughs> that is just, I will admit it's too much for me. I like being involved with my clients. Um, so like four is the max I will mm-hmm as far as projects and you know they're big projects it's not just like they start off as one-offs but then they end up becoming the whole house and it's more of a focus and I am going to be with them for a couple of years you Mm -hmm. know um I had my most newest client who found me from the list of 25 you know designers of color you should hire you know black designers she said to me uh, we were in a meeting and I was like, oh, sounds like you you want me to stay because we, we were talking about her project. <laughs> we're not letting you go. She was like, yes, forever. And I love that. I mean, but I think that's so, 
it's so interesting to know that, you know, you say, okay, four projects is the maximum for me. I ask every single designer that, you know, in my 50 States project series, you know, how many projects do you have right now? And sometimes the number is two or three or four. And sometimes the number is 40. And it's, you know, a team of three people, a designer and maybe a design assistant and a project manager. Um, and I was, yeah, it's so interesting and so illuminating to me just in terms of, you know, what is the scale of the work you're taking on? You know, how are you approaching these projects? How involved can you be in these projects? Yeah. It's... And that, I want to be involved. Like today, mm-hmm. same client. I had a um, FaceTime call with her and her husband because we were finalizing the paint colors and they're not in the, you know, the space. They're at their summer home. And they were so excited to see like the pandemonium going on. <laughs> Like all these people, I'm like, wait, I got to get into the ladder. I was like, wait, I got to move around the ladder. And they see like, got, you know, my guy following me with the light to show them the color of the paint and all. And just everybody's on a scaffolding or a ladder or the electricians like sawing. I was like, I got to get to the other side. I can't hear you. And they're like, whoa, you are rocking and rolling. And I love that. Mm -hmm. You can't, for me, I can't, I don't want 20 people trying to get everywhere, you know, like to 20 different people. I, I will never be as good as I can be for them. Mm-hmm. But I think what's crazy, or no, what's crazy, but what's so interesting is there are designers who don't love that part. <sighs> and, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's interesting to say, okay, like you love that. So you should hold on to that so tightly. Okay. When you think about how you want to grow, but I think there are some, I don't want to handhold my clients through the process. I have the vision, but I want someone else to talk to them and they should hire 10 people, you know? Right. It's, it's it's so interesting how how not one size fits all I think success in design is. Yeah, no, listen, it, it is. You have to find out what, what works best for you. I'm grateful. I think for this. I was sorry to interrupt. I was saying, I think every answer is like, what's the best way to X? Like it depends. <laughs> I think No, it really it really does. Um you know, I have designer friends that I'm really close to and really cool to, and we, you know, we're cool with each other and we DM each other or we text each other. Or we have morning calls. Hey, I'm going to meet with this client. I'm having this situation. What do you think I should do? You know, we, we help each other navigate mm-hmm. and so, like, you know, 15 projects going and others have like me four or five projects going. Or some of them only have two projects going, but they're ground up projects. And they're like, I can't, focus everywhere and then they do have a team for those two projects that they're doing mm-hmm. but it like you said it's not one size fits all but if I could say one thing to designers I wish that they would really one make sure they're insured because mm. it's <laughs> insane to speak to people and find out they don't have insurance I'm like when you step on someone's property like so many things could go left and two make sure you have your contract I remember speaking mm-hmm. to someone like, well, they were complaining about the client. I said, well, what does it say in your contract? Oh, we don't have one. We shook hands. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've, I've had a couple of those conversations and it's like, hang on a second while I pick my job off the floor. And then I have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm like, wait, what you, you shook hands. What does that mean? You know? <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm always, yeah. I mean, and I think it's interesting too. One of the funny things, um, 
I was just having a conversation yesterday about whether or not you walk your clients through the contract. You know, is this a legal document that you send off and you're like, read it, sign it, that's on you? Or is it something that you use as a teachable document to say, okay, we're going on this journey together. I want you, client, to understand every single step of it. Let's sit down, have a meeting, have some coffee, and I'm going to talk to you about what every single section of this document means for you and our experience together. Oh, so let me answer. Yeah. A little bit of both. Ooh, okay. How so? Well, it depends on the client. Like, you know, some clients are like, no, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> like, I just want to get this done. And then if they come back and they're like, well, what about this? I'm like, it's in the contract. They're like, oh, okay. But I also have for my business coach, the 15 steps of, you know, mm-hmm. where are every step of the process. And as long as I have that and I email them weekly, I have to tell you, it has helped me to mm-hmm. never sit, okay, go through. I have to honestly say before that, before this type of clientele that I have, the other clientele I would have to read through because they were a little bit scary at times, right? Mm-hmm. And like they understood. But this clientele I have, one, they're super busy, like high performing people. They're like, I'm not going to sit here and like read through this with you. So <laughs> I know you're capable. I know who you are. We're good. Or I read enough about you and I love your work. Let's go. So mm-hmm. it has changed that I don't have to do that. But once again, me reaching out to them weekly with my follow-up. It kind of what- has the same, per- it does the same thing. Yeah. They're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And then they're like, no, fine. And move on. So, it, you know, it's, it, you, you just, you just definitely need a contract and you definitely need to. <laughs> do, I would like, second that. <laughs> yeah. And like, be able to have a conversation with them. Um, mm-hmm. And please do not give bad news via, you know, an email or text. Pick up the phone and explain, hey, here's the delay and here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or like, just let them know. It, it's, for me, I just like giving the call much better. I'm like, hey, I got good news and got not so great news. So here's the challenge. I don't say it's mm-hmm. big, like, oh, here's the challenge that we have. And here's what's going on. Then they're like, oh, okay, no problem. I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday who said, you know, you can't deliver bad news in a panic because Uh clients will own that panic. But if you're like, hey, we've got a problem, we're going to solve it. Or even Mm -hmm. if you don't even say it's a problem, just like, hey, our plans have changed. (laughs) And that that there's something so reassuring about that to be like, okay, the news is different than I thought okay, you know, versus if you call and you're in a panic, well, of course they're going to freak out because the person yeah. who's driving the bus is freaking yep. out. Yep. 100%. You, you, you have to control the energy. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and that's a really good thing. Well, this has been a great conversation. So you have to actually come back on my podcast. Anytime. <laughs> I love your podcast. It's amazing. I want them to take over like all my recordings, but you oh know. My gosh. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it's been, it's been so fun. It's been um, like, it's, it, I, I listened to podcasts before. I have a new appreciation for what you do, for what Dennis does when you, you know, when you actually sit down to make it yourself. Um, yeah. It was so much more than just getting on the phone and having a fun conversation and I think I learned that. <laughs> I learned that by doing 
Um, but, and thank you. What, what you do here and the conversations that you're having here are so important and so wonderful and such a joy to listen to. So I'm so thrilled and honored to be a small piece of it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. Now, before we go, yep. where can the party people find you? I am available every day at businessofhome.com. <laughs> <laughs> at business of home on Instagram. And if you're looking for me personally and the butterflies I'm raising in my backyard, um, my handle is K N Peterson S E N at the end. Okay. Thank you, Caitlin. You're the bees knees, my friend. Oh, thank you. You too. Talk Have to you soon. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the design perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important and will help people to find where we are located. And the Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.